Hello! Welcome back to Becoming the Influential Me. My name is Michelle Chikando and I'm so thrilled to having you here on this podcast again, if it's not your first time uh, today. Um, so, today I want to really talk about something that I find really interesting. And I'm wondering why more people are not talking about this. And that is the opportunity that there is for women in this age that we're about to come to. Now, I am fascinated by all things the future of work. And one thing that I've realized is that increasingly businesses are talking about this. When I'm speaking to senior leaders, when I'm you know, in rooms where decisions are being made, I realize this is on the agenda more and more, um, especially because with um, COVID, Technology has become accelerated. It's almost become inevitable, an inevitable part of what we do. So before, in the past, maybe three years ago, everybody was talking about the future of work, how we're going to leverage technology. And they were so much, they were almost um, unreachable ideals. Suddenly, COVID happens and everything is happening now, 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 now. Technology is now at the forefront. And it's almost that the people and now lagging behind or the people strategy or or the people involved in making these these decisions are now trying to keep up seeking information um from you know sometimes their own direct reports on how to go about things so that for me is an incredible opportunity for women who work and i would love 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 to see us take advantage of this opportunity okay so what am i talking about i'm talking about the fact that in Post-pandemic, like post-COVID, it's estimated that 247 million women are going to be um, in poverty. And this is globally, that is. And in contrast to that, only 232 men. So this is going to potentially affect us more than it's going to affect our male counterparts. In addition to that, women CEOs were being hired at a rate of about 18%. Um, was it 12%? No, at 12%. For, so for every new CEO hired, 12%, you know, for every 100 new CEOs hired, got my percentages right in the end. <laughs> and for every 100 new CEOs, 12 of those were women, and it was on track to increase. But ever since the pandemic, it's gone down to 6%. So now for every 100 men, there's only six women. So this is really opening up gender disparities and it's really our responsibility to, to A, talk about it and B, begin to do something about it. Begin to present ourselves as an option. Um, in fact, as the most, as the best option. We all know what happens. When crisis happens, people tend to look for a proven track record when they're looking at leadership. Um, but we also know that the best solutions in times of crisis come from a place where you have a diversity of thought and experience and where you collaborate, where people are creative. All of these skills that traditionally have been assigned to women. So here's the thing that's happening in our world right now. Um, There will be a loss of jobs with the advent of technology. It means that a lot of people will lose their jobs because the basic skills are likely to be A, taken to other people that are abroad, that are cheaper labour, or B, just likely to be done by um, through technology. So that means the workforce will be reshaped and the way that we work and the jobs that we do will fundamentally change over the next couple of years, in my view. There will then be a process where, now that we've understood technology, it's like a curve. So you, you have a curve where you lose the jobs and then there's another curve where we begin to regain the jobs. Now the good thing is, um, or, or the miracle rather for us females, is that 
we're less likely to lose the jobs because our jobs tend to be jobs that require certain skills. And we're more likely to gain jobs because our jobs, again, are certain skills that technology hasn't yet been... Um, it hasn't has doesn't yet have the ability to to capabilities to to execute. Okay, so here's the thing: we have a distinct advantage as women. Why? Because there are three skills that are on the up: technological skills, social and emotional skills, if you like, and the last one of those is having a higher cognitive ability. So, on par, cognitive ability. My firm belief is that there are no differences between men and women. There are smart women, there are not so smart women, there are smart men, and there are not so smart men. Smart men, right? So that one's almost out. We are likely to succeed. Both male and females are likely to succeed if that's the conditions we that's the condition we set. Okay, the second one, uh, technological advancement. So traditionally. Women have been on the back foot because we're just not as technologically advanced as men. They started earlier and they have since created, um, you know, the system. Let me not say they have created. We have co-created, male and female, a society that naturally is, is inclined and favours more masculine traits. Um, so technological advancement or being advanced technologically has been something that we have been hammered with. You know, when when it comes to certain jobs, we look at, you know, the jobs that pay really, really well. You know, the, the being, for example, a business analyst, being a highly skilled engineer, being a highly skilled technical coder, and all of these other roles, being a CFO, that's a role that, you know, not many women hold today, uh, being a CEO, because it's seen as a role that's highly technologically um, challenging, as well as requiring um, high, a high level of smarts. You've got to be smart to do it. So, with the, the advancement of technology, we're going to see that go down. You don't need to be a technical genius because AI can do it. We don't need people that are specifically skilled and, you know, being able to analyze a business and recommend a way forward. AI will do that. Suddenly, the places where men, men have traditionally been stronger, they are now likely to be <laughs> to be replaced by technology which is much 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 more capable of executing those tasks in a much quicker way so because computers are a little bit smarter than human beings men are going to lose out on all those years of experience what that presents us is with an with an, as women anyways is an opportunity an opportunity for us to then create advancement in the third area. The third area that is likely to, you know, go up and up and up in terms of the skills that are required um, in the future of work or in the future society is this emotion, emotional and social intelligence. There are a few key skills that women are naturally better at than men. Collaboration, creativity, compassion, um, and vulnerability. It, that's why a lot of HRDs um, are, are female. That's why we find in the softer area of sales, i.e. marketing, women tend to thrive in those environments. Um, that's why you know we, you tend to see a lot of a lot more women in in healthcare, for example. This nurturing, um, these nurturing qualities that are often or that have traditionally been seen as not valuable and b um that haven't really been respected in terms of business are now coming to the fore so what does this mean for us it means for example just using the example of today without even going into the future 
we've realized that, okay, so now everybody's working on Zoom. That idea of command and control, you know, managers that were managing teams effectively by seeing them every day and reporting every day suddenly are put into an environment that requires a greater level of empathy because people are turning up to meetings, you know, their meetings with um, their children in the background and, you know, having to juggle several different things. The humanity of it all has come to the fore and leaders are now having to up that level of empathy, that level of collaboration. That level of um, communicating the good and the bad, because at the moment where we're not all together, it's really difficult to brush things under the carpet. I mean, sorry, it's really easy to brush things under the carpet. And so communication has become even more important. So all these skills that have traditionally, you know, not been important in business because it was all about productivity, you know, getting things done. Suddenly it's about how do we collaborate? How do we create something how do we co-create the new way of working and these are all skills that women have generally in leaps and bounds we have so much of that so my point in all this is what we are not discussing is how this moment favors us and how we can use it to make significant ground such that when the future of work um you know in in the future when ai is is everything whatever we are at the same level, if not ahead. <laughs> and, and I think there's a real opportunity. But here is the challenge. The challenge is we can sometimes get in our own way. Now, what am I talking about by that? We are shying away from learning about AI. We are shying away from really taking a leap into understanding what the future will look like for us. A lot of women are reskilling because A, their family lives no longer allow them to do the jobs that they were doing before, or B, they've lost interest, or whatever it is. But there is a rise in, in women that are reskilling and initiatives that are encouraging women to reskill into other areas. But what I think we're missing is the ability to reskill three, four, five, six steps ahead. So, for example, if you are a lawyer, and you decide, in fact, what you want to do is you want to reskill and become a work in a consulting, work in a consulting firm. Um, great, but what you've done is you've taken yourself from one industry that could potentially be um, disrupted and put yourself into another. Whereas, if you design it, plan it, think about it. Um, you could potentially find yourself three or four steps ahead by going into a role where you understand technology and you can teach others about it and therefore you have you know increased your value but also allowed yourself to to grow so instead of the, it being a sort of almost a sidestep maybe with more money in the short term um you could actually take a forward step just by stopping assessing the trends, you know, and, and where the world is going, understanding, taking the time to understand technology, taking the time to understand the new business models that are being explored at the moment and how they could almost be, you know, how, how they could, how the, these new business models could be disrupted again. Because that's where our value increases as a workforce by being able to think one, two, three, four, five, six steps ahead. Also, we also have to, Think about where we, again, where, where we place ourselves. So at, in today's world, the greatest value in terms of healthcare is being a doctor. But 
in tomorrow's world, the greatest value could actually in, be in being a nurse. Why? Because a lot of the things that doctors do, i.e. diagnose a patient um, and you know prescribe the necessary medication or the, the necessary procedures, will likely be done by AI. And AI will be um, more accurate at delivering that information than human beings are. And, and then the flip side of that is we can never replace I don't know this let me never say never say never because technology can do crazy things that I that most people think would would have thought would not have been possible but anyway there is nothing like human to human um, interaction when you are going through a personal crisis and in healthcare the nurse is the one that holds your hand talks you through things makes you feel okay and I think that's an integral part of the experience or the journey to wellness that's unlikely to be disrupted um, in the short term it may well be in the long term, but again, this is where this is where we begin to think more strategically about where we are placing ourselves. Does that mean if you're a doctor, you should quit? No, it doesn't, because in the same way, you know, you, the diagnostic side of it is not is, is will be replaced. Um, the research side of it will consistently need human beings. So that's just that's just a sh small example of how we can begin to think about positioning ourselves. I speak to a lot of women who are saying, okay, I've just lost my job. What do I do now? Um, do I keep looking in the same industry? And, I, and I'm like, it's a little short-sighted, depending on which industry you're working in. Sometimes it takes you really sitting down with a piece of paper and rethinking your career in terms of the future. Going from one admin job to another admin job just leaves you more exposed and vulnerable and likely to be in, a, in the same situation you are now, maybe two, three years down the line. So really think about how you can reskill before reskilling becomes a thing. Because once reskilling becomes a thing, and it's quickly becoming a thing, um, the market will be flooded. And then everything will be so obvious to everybody else, and suddenly you find yourself... Uh, being not as competitive as you could be if you start reskilling now. Reskilling doesn't necessarily mean quitting your job and starting something new, but it's about thinking about all the different avenues that you could take your career in terms of, you know, the, the way that the world is working now. How you could position yourself as a leader by leveraging these these skills, collaboration, creativity, uh, compassion, you know, how you can use these skills to create business solutions. So one way that I always say when I talk to some of my students, for example, is I always talk about how you can create solutions through collaboration. Um, asking people for their expertise in a certain manner, joining the dots, right? Getting everybody's contribution and putting it together in a way that creates a compelling case for the business. That is how we use collaboration to create solutions for the business, but also to advance our own careers. The idea here is, as women, we need to step up. We need to almost realize the potential that technology has in the, in, in the world that we are stepping into. And rather than being caught in the, on the back foot, we have an opportunity to be designing these systems, these ways of working in the same way that men are now. And the thing is, if we're missing at the table where AI is being designed, and you know, and where, what it can do, and how, will it, how it will affect our ways of working, of course, it's not going to be favorable for us in the long term. It seems like uh, it seems like common sense. So let's talk quickly about the reasons why um, we aren't necessarily at the forefront of, you know, thinking about the future of our work. 
um, and how we can take advantage of this moment to sort of make up some of those lost gains that, you know, our male counterparts have. And the reason, in my view, um, again, in my limited opinion, and also my experience with speaking to personally, over the last year, I've spoken personally to um, over 100 women for, you know, at least an hour with each of them. And here's one thing that I've realized. I've realized that the first area where we experience challenges is, is family. You know, we have significantly less time than our male counterparts because we have to consider uh, our family life. This isn't for everybody, but it definitely plays a part in how much headspace we have to think about anything beyond the job. A lot of women find, find themselves in survival mode. You know, Michelle, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. There's a lot of expectation on me at home, a lot of expectation on me at work. And I tend to find that if I have to choose, I will choose the home life. And I think that's fair, and, and I don't think anybody can um, argue with the need to be present um, for our children. But I do think I, 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 I keep banging on about carving out a little bit of time. So if you carve out 15 minutes of each day to think about these things, then, you know, in a, in a, in a week, you've spent over an hour. In, in a year, you've spent, you know, 52 hours, which is the equivalent of two days, two days and a quarter. Two and a quarter days just thinking about your career and looking for ways to advance it. So sometimes it's not about making big, bold moves. Sometimes it is just about carving out the time, 15 minutes to read about what's going on in the world and to find out what it is that you can do. I cannot stress the importance of putting time against our commitments because only then can we make genuine progress. The second reason is as women, sometimes we can be prone to emotional sabotage. I can't do it, therefore I won't. It's this idea, whereas sometimes a man can say, if I can't, then I must. <laughs> as soon as I say I can't do it, I almost have to convince myself, no, then I have to try. So it's this idea that sometimes we emotionally sabotage, we imagine what's going on in the heads of our leaders, we imagine that everybody else knows what's going on apart from us. And in this moment, uniquely, that is not true. A lot of people are uncertain. A lot of things are malleable which means we can shape ourselves into the career that we want, but only if we have the courage to, to, to step out of our own heads and stop thinking so negatively and think about the possibilities. And that also comes by understanding what other people are doing and also by looking at you know research or looking at trends that have happened in the past and, and how work has evolved and looking at our unique uh, situations and the, and, and the life work-life balance that we want and putting all those things together so that we can you know have an agenda for ourselves so you know like I said family life sometimes means that you don't have the time but would it be worth sacrificing a little bit of time now so you have both the time and the money in the future I think so <laughs> the third reason why sometimes we are getting in our own ways um, as as women, and when it, when I talk about women, there is no whole here. It's it's we are individuals, and but collectively we can do great things if we all start to behave and act and think in the way that um, serves us all as individuals first, and then as a collective after. Third thing um, that's getting in our ways, we're not challenging the status quo. And right now, the status quo is wide open. <laughs> 
wide open. Yet, as I was looking at gender disparity as a result of COVID, as I was looking at conversations amongst senior leaders, um, you know, and, and, and listening to other people talk, my peers um, and, and people that are superior to me as well, there was very little discussion about how this unique set of skills that we will need for our future are predominantly feminine strengths and how women can exploit this moment. Very few people are having this conversation. And for me, that's that's a s- striking because we often bang on about equality and we have an opportunity right now to create it. So why don't we? Why don't we take that little extra step to get to know what's going on around the world so we can voice our, uh, so we can put our agendas on the world stage? Um, I know for a fact that um, if the shoe was on the other foot, i.e. if these were were, character, were masculine strengths that were, that were going to be the skills of the future, <laughs> men would be all over it. So it's both a challenge and um, a question from me. I, I don't know everything, but I do think we're in a unique situation and it's wasteful not to exploit it. If the status quo is, is, is wide open, why don't we challenge it? Put ourselves out there, you know, redesign how we want to work. Think about the different options available to us. I was reading an article recently about how the world is moving forward from, you know, you're born, what do you want to be? I want to be a journalist. And that's the career you, you pursue for the next 50 years of your life. Things have changed. Now it's all about, you know, the gig economy and, and um, you know, freelance. People are talking about blended workforce, etc. We have the opportunity to design a way of working that favours us, especially because our skills are going to be in very high demand. They, there are start, they, are, they are starting to be already because people are now looking for self-reinforcing teams. Self-reinforcing teams require collaboration, creativity, compassion, and all of these other things that we're uniquely positioned for. So that's, what, well, that's my question, my rant, my views on this unique moment, what it means, and how we can explore it and exploit it. For the next two, three years, I don't know how long, nobody does, there's going to be a lot of attention on the workforce. And attention on the workforce means you're going to be told what to do. And if you don't have a clear idea of how you can move that forward for yourself, you're in trouble. You're at risk of either becoming irrelevant or replaced or um, or just to stay where you are, depending on the organizations that you, that you work for. Um, it's going to happen. At the pace at which it will happen, if you are lucky, might be slow. So maybe you have five years instead of three. But would it not be better to get ahead of the curve? I think so. Okay, so let's get involved early. Let us get involved early. Let us use this advantageous moment to our advantage. Let's not miss the boat. And then in five years when men are doing better, ask ourselves, where did we go wrong? Why did we not use this moment? Um, And so, yeah, so these are my thoughts. I would love to hear from some of you who are, you know, in in more senior positions and what your thoughts are around how you're going to use this moment to advance yourselves into the positions of power because ultimately the skills that we have as women are more suited, better suited to the board right now in a way that they never have been, no, they have been before. I misspoke. (laughs) But in a way that that was not uh, agreed upon by everybody until now. 
Um, I'm also interested in, in, in understanding our thoughts on how we can accelerate this process of getting to 30% of women on boards and how this moment where the HRD is one of the most important um, stakeholders in every business and how they can, we can leverage that moment to make sure that we have more um, women on boards. This is an exciting time. A lot of things are moving in a direction that we don't necessarily like, but there are a lot of things that are moving in a direction that we do like. Um, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking a lot extensively about, you know, what I see in the future, what I'm hearing about the future, because I really think if we are going to set ourselves up um, as success stories, we cannot be making the small strides that we have been up until this point. Um, because... In five years, our careers that we fought so hard for and have built up after lots of courses, after lots of learning, um, could be redundant. Now, how sad and upsetting would that be if everything you worked for in an instant was taken over by a machine and you had no plan B? Exactly. That's what we are trying to avoid. I'm really looking forward to exploring this with you and um, going in a little bit of a different direction. We've spent a lot of time over the uh, since the podcast began talking about the internal aspects of being a businesswoman, you know, navigating the emotions, navigating the challenges that, that arise from society and how to deal with it emotionally. But now I'd like to talk more. I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking about what's going on in the world because we have to better understand our context in order to be able to better navigate it. Um, it seems logical, but, um, but not many people are talking about it. So I'd love to hear from you and know what you think about the future of your work and how you plan to use this moment and you know the, the question marks everywhere and also the rise of technology um, in this moment. So reach out to me, michelle at theinfluentialme.com. I would love to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, never mind. But do subscribe and let's go on this journey together. Leave me comments. I, I love, love, love hearing from you. And that is it from me. I'm not